This is the Dungeon Master's Handbook. everyone, it's Michael, also known as Chicago Wiz, and welcome to the 49th episode of Dungeon Master's Handbook. Yep, next one's the big 5-0, and uh, I don't know what I'm going to talk about on 50 episodes. Um, what do you suggest? I actually have no idea. When I started this podcast, it was going to be one thing, and it ended up being something else, so... Who knows? Uh, maybe 50 will be something crazy. Maybe 50 will be something boring. Well, tune in to find out, I guess. Um, and I apologize for the noise you're going to hear. It is a windy Wednesday here in uh, the northern Chicago suburbs. So, uh, so you might hear a little bit of uh, external noise. I've been on a over two-week project now for my Etnera campaign, my AD&D campaign that's been going on in one form or fashion over the past 14 years. Um, and this project came about because my players in my longest-running game, they were captured and imprisoned by a nefarious uh, group. They're not quite sure who they are. They're not quite sure what they're up to, but it can't be any good. So they, uh, they're somewhere. Well, I know where that somewhere is. I have my hex map, <laughs> but my hex map is huge. Um, it's 220 hexes by 110 hexes. You might be thinking, well, Mike, that's not that big. Well, that's 24 mile across hexes. And when you crunch the numbers and do the math, well, the land mass is about the size of the uh, of Russia. Um, so it's pretty big. I haven't filled every hex, surprisingly, because um, that would that's. Well, 220 times 110, that's a lot of math that I'm not going to try to do in my head this morning. But there's a lot of zeros there. And I don't have enough time in the day, nor do I have enough creativity in my brain to uh, to fill all that. So over the past few years, I created a spreadsheet in uh, Google Doc, or in Google Drive, the, using Google Sheets. And... I had adapted this spreadsheet and updated it, and as I learned new techniques or tried different things, some some of the things I heard here on uh, you know on various podcasts from other folks, um, I added it to the spreadsheet. So over about thirteen years, you might imagine this thing got pretty big and pretty clunky. It's also very manual. Um, I had to copy information from. Uh, the spreadsheet, stick it into a uh, a Google Doc, rearrange things, and and it wasn't very useful. Um, I mean, you know, give you an example, you know, like um, 
if I had a hex that was going to have some sort of a natural effect in it, you know, a natural effect being, you know, like a wildfire, or, you know, bad terrain or, or, or something like that, you know, or some natural effect where, you know, uh, the ground, you know, the water there does something special. Well, the uh, spreadsheet would, you know, choose potentially that type of encounter to have in this hex. But it, the entry would just say, oh, now you have to go ahead and roll a D6 to, you know, figure out what else you want. And, you know, I'd kind of stuck with that. Well, I had, as I mentioned, my players went to someplace new. And so I had to generate ooh, something, a large area of new hex descriptions. Um, I had to figure out what was going on in this area because I'm not exactly sure what the players will do. And there's nothing I hate worse than trying to generate something at the table that's as involved as a hex description. Because, you know, I like hexes to relate to each other. I like to, you know, massage things. Um, I'll even update hexes over the years. I've got some entries in my hex keys that go back to 2009, 2010, and as the players have done things, things have changed, as they should. So, you know, I didn't know, I don't know what the players are going to do. You know, hopefully they'll escape, um, but I don't know which direction they're going to go in. So, I was looking at this and I said, wow, you know, there's got to be something that I can do to help me. And I thought first about using chat GPT, but um, kind of taking a step back, the the approach I use to to figuring out what's in my hexes is based on a uh, series of blog posts that um, a blogger, Aaron Smalls, Smales, Smalls, um, also known as Welsh Piper, they developed this, oh, I don't know, 2010, 2011, some, somewhere there when uh, blogging really took off for the OSR. And uh, to sum it up, the approach is for a hex, they f- figure out based on the type if there's a quote-unquote major encounter, something that you're definitely going to run into if you go into this hex. Um... Then there's the possibility for X number of minor encounters. Um, For some hexes, like plains, you know, open hexes or forests or what have you, there's a higher chance of a major encounter and, you know, four to six minor encounters. But for other hexes that are less populated, like mountains or, you know, maybe in the water or what have you, there's less of a chance. And of course, all of this is tweakable based on, you know, your campaign and, and what you want to achieve. But the idea is you, you come up with a major, you come up with one to X number of minor encounters. And then each one of those can be a different type. Uh, for major, you know, you can have a, a, a ruin, a uncommon or a rare or very rare monster lair. You can have a major settlement, like a, you know, large village, a town, what have you. Um, just things like that. And then the minor encounters are more smaller things, but could be just as important. You know, you could have a minor uh, settlement, you know, like a small hamlet or a campsite or, you know, maybe a common or uncommon monster lair. 
uh, you know, just things like, so, you know, it's this whole system of generating this great content. And um, I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes, but, you know, the, the Welsh Piper uh, blog post on this goes to some length and has links to, you know, how to fill in some of these major encounter types and so on. So I've been using that and, and my spreadsheet was based on that chart. Um, but I had never really developed it out. And I was looking at all the hexes that I had to fill for my players when they, if and when they escape and decide to go, go somewhere, <laughs> find their way back to civilization. I said, wow, I've got a lot of work to do. This is going to take, oh gosh, I figured on the order of, you know, four or five hours just copying and pasting and editing and, and coming up with, you know, rolling the dice and coming up with new possibilities. An enjoyable four to five hours, but that's a lot of work. Got to be a better way to do it. Then I remembered a gentleman by the name of Alex Schroeder. Um, he has a uh, website called campaignwiki.org. I'll put the link in the show notes. And one of the tools that he's written for, gosh, I, I don't know when he started this, but I know he's been talking about it for a long, long time, is called Hex Describe. Now, I had never worked with table-based random generators before. Um, you know, I, I've used them, certainly. I mean, we all have if we've been, you know, desperately looking for <laughs> what kind of a treasure do I want to generate or I need to generate an NPC or, you know, something like that. We've all, or an, even more like, you know, I need a name. Oh my goodness, I bet name, <laughs> name generators are probably the most used random generator known to humankind. Um, I had never worked on them from a programming perspective, from a what goes on behind the scenes. So this was a bit of an eye-opener for me in where this whole exercise was going to take me. And it, it took me to some really interesting places. So for a table generator, you have to think of all of the different potential results and then put them in a table. You know, um, to speak in programming terms, a program will, you know, take a dice roll and you can set up code that evaluates the results of that dice roll. And you can do things like, well, if you're a six, go ahead and re-roll that six and add the number to a running tally. Um, you know, I, I think the term is exploding dice. Easy in a program because it has constructs like loops and uh, variables and you can do comparisons and expressions and all that. Not so easy in a table because a table doesn't work with loops. A table doesn't work with exploding numbers. You kind of have to set the table up so that, you know, it's going to read it and it'll pick a result. Well, you have to then provide results for not only a dice roll of, say, one to six, but what happens if that six explodes? Well, now you got to do, you know, one through five and then another one. One through five, another two, because your dice are exploding because you're re-rolling that six. So... 
right away, there's a lot of work that has to be done, and I've had to think more about combinatorics and sets and things like that than I ever thought I would have. Um, so that was kind of the first shock to me. The second shock was when I was translating my spreadsheet was how much information is encoded into a lot of what we do. And uh, I'm going to give you an example. So take uh, you know, your AD&D Monster Manual, first edition, and go look up, I think it's page 76, go look up the orc entry. Now the orc entries, you know, several paragraphs. Um, orcs were apparently a great enemy that uh, Gary and company had spent a lot of time fighting, so they had a lot of interesting rules, you know, based on orc um, uh, force composition and how many leaders and sub-chiefs and guards and the chieftain and how many uh, females and young were there and, you know, if the orcs were not in their lair, then, you know, this is what they may be escorting, but only 20% of the time. Now, reading it and interpreting it, our brains kind of work this out into, you know, a math word problem. And, you know, we go, okay, well, I'm going to roll for this and I'm going to roll for that and so on and so on. But now I've got to convert that into a table. And I've got to convert that into all the possible um, outcomes. There is a ton of information and possibilities encoded into those two paragraphs. A couple of hundred lines of table entries, you know, for all of the different force types. The fact that your forces, a certain percentage may be mounted, a certain percentage may be on foot, um, a certain percentage may have missile weapons. That's all information that I may need to know in my hex description if my players stumble onto an orc lair. A lot of information there. And and this is consistent throughout AD&D, throughout pretty much any of these little tables and charts and rules and things. It's amazing and, and kind of now makes sense to me why some people get into the crunch of rules because there's just so much depth there that if you really dig in and scratch into it how it works um sages you know the sages were first um had rules wrapped around them and how to generate a sage and how they worked back in OD&D in the Blackmore supplement. Uh, David Arneson laid out some rules, you know, that sages have a uh, primary field of expertise and then two secondary, or they called a major and minor. And within that major um, field, you could have two or three specialties. You know, so if your major field was, say, uh, orcs, well, you might have a specialty in orc art and in orc religion, what have you. And there's just all of these rules, you know, again, encoded into two or three sentences, but to actually lay out the possibilities and have to put them into a table, it's a lot of work. And 
and a lot of thinking. And so I've gotten really familiar with some of the crazier um, advanced Dungeons and Dragons rules in in this little exercise, um, and, and it's been it's been quite fun. Um, two weeks, a lot of work. I think this file. Including, like, um, I, I pulled uh, some lists from other uh, sites that freely shared these lists. Things like uh, the most popular name, uh, male and female names for uh, people from the census. So I used that for generating human names. Um, you know, this whole file that I've generated to help me to generate uh, hex descriptions is like 16, almost 17,000 lines. Um, but it's it's functional now. I, I can use it. I, in fact, I did use it. I generated and uh, transcribed and tweaked something on the order of about 20 or so hexes in about 30 minutes. Um, and it would have taken me four to five hours. So a lot of work, but now I have all of this uh, abilities. And yeah, it's been quite useful. And it's taught me some interesting things about AD&D. Had to go into little rules and uh, learn little things. And, uh, uh, you know, one of the things, made, here's an odd rule that I learned. Did you know that in AD&D, the... the uh, potion of healing isn't the same as cure light wounds. In fact, a potion will heal you more. Um, cure light wounds is uh, 1d8 plus 1. No, it's 1d8. Whereas the um, potion is a cool 2d4 plus 1. So 3 to 9 uh, hit points can be healed. So I've been cheating my players out of a potential two extra hit points uh, on the low end for a long time. Sorry about that, guys. Um, I don't know where I came up with 1d8 plus 1. We, we talked about that on Mastodon a little bit. But uh, anyway, so just weird things like that. This exercise really took me deep into um, some of the guts of AD&D. And like I said, a lot of information encoded into there that when you have to peel it out and put it into a different format uh, just makes me appreciate kind of just from a, a high level sense what it is we're dealing with and some of the weird ways that it, um, you know, it, it hits your brain. And for some people, I think getting into those rules and finding those kind of, you know, tables and information and peeling all that back, I, I can see where that would be very appealing. I'm just glad I have a tool that now does all the dice rolling for me, and when I wanted to generate an orc layer, it says, oh, here you go. Here's an orc layer with all the treasure. Oh, AD&D treasure types. <laughs> That's probably a good episode, or a good uh, subject for another episode. Anyway, enough rambling. Um, if you want to check out Alex Schroeder's Hex Describe, uh, I, I will put a link in the show notes. Highly encourage you. He's got links on that page to actually go and view the tables. Highly encourage you to do that. Um, it, it's kind of fascinating to see how much goes into these little generators that we create and what's possible. Um, you know, I'm, I'm 
amazed and, and this is a very cool tool and I've retired my spreadsheet um, it's served me well and I'm very happy about it about what I did with it but I've now graduated to a much more cooler tool of course this whole process has also had me um, redo how I do encounter tables it's had me spin up a uh, my own Linux server so I've had to remember how to do Linux um, I'm having to learn how to code Perl because now I want to take Alex's uh, Alex's program and tweak it to what I want um, funny where RPGs take you Anyway, that's it. Thanks for listening to The Ramble. Um, Again, if you have any ideas for my 50th episode, give me a holler. Let me know what you think. And until next time, game on.